Hey there, this is Kayla, one of your hosts of this year's show that you're about to listen to. I just wanted to pop on real quick and let you know that we are in the middle of an incredible fundraiser right now. Starting May 15th, 2024 and going until the very last day of June, we are working with over 80 other tabletop role-playing creators to help raise money for the Trans Empowerment Project. Be sure to follow the Linktree link in the bottom of this episode description to find the Tiltify fundraiser page, which includes the listing for dozens and dozens of really cool and exciting TTRPG-related items that can be purchased, proceeds of which go to support the Trans Empowerment Project. But you can also see things like the gaming schedule for this time period and just get more information on who TEP is and why we started this fundraiser in the first place. So thank you so much for your support and enjoy this episode. and Potpourri. We are a podcast where we talk about Dungeons and Dragons extensively. We have talks where it's just us two, your hosts, Keisha. And Kayla. And Kayla. <laughs> I got distracted. You're okay. I was listening. Uh, we also have different segments where one of them is like a potions one where we do improv on the spot. Sometimes we'll have guests on here where we talk to them about D&D or just tabletop RPGs in general. And we also do the occasional live play. So welcome again, everybody. Thank you for dropping in to listen to yet another episode. Uh, Before we really get started, though, Kayla, please tell me about a crazy memory from your life. Just a random, like, this happened, and it was a thing. Oh, God, I don't really want to. <laughs> um, oh, man. I don't know why this is the first one that comes up, but... It's, that's good. So, Say it. when I lived, I'm from Austin, Texas, and when I was still a wee lass, a wee lass. in Austin, Texas, I was high school aged, at least, um, my friends and I were downtown... You know, trying to sneak into bars and stuff. And uh, one of my friends and I went outside into some, like, alley to try and go smoke a joint. And there was, like, one of those guys that uh, drives the bikes around that have the little, like, carriages in the back. Oh, sure. And will give you rides. Um, He was, like, riding around. And we were sitting in this alley at night (laughs) in downtown Austin. This, like, crazy homeless guy. Came up and, like, started talking to us and was, like, trying to smoke the weed with us, which we were not into. Yeah, that's a little weird. And the uh, petty, that's what they're called, pedicab drivers came up and was like, oh, hey, did you guys order a ride? Like, totally trying to save us. Oh, God. Because you could tell it was, like, super (laughs) not kosher. Yeah. Um, And we were like, yeah. So we, like, tried to get on this pedicab. Um, and have him just, like, bike us, like, a block away, you know? Oh, I really? <laughs> and the crazy homeless man also tried to get on the bike with us. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> and he was just, like, we didn't notice until he got onto the bike, but he was bleeding profusely from his face. What? Because he told us a story, but he had apparently been in, like, some kind of paid street fight, like, boxing match what? for money. 
<laughs> and won. So he had a bunch of money. Um, and was just like really adamant about like wanting to hang out with all of us at this point, all three of us. Oh. And the guy was like, no, I only have room for two of you. Sorry. <laughs> they ordered this ride. Like really, really trying to help us out. Oh. Um, and then he, you know, he was just biking away slowly and the guy was still sitting in the pedicab with us. And this other homeless person across the way oh, recognized no. the guy and they no, started no. fighting. What? Like yelling at each other. And then the guy <laughs> pulled out a gun. Whoa. And my friend and I were like, oh, fuck. What are we getting into? This is, like, really scary. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Um, And then the pedicab driver just, like, got out, pulled the guy off, like, threatened him some more. And then the two men, like, that were arguing with each other, like, ran off and were, like, arguing. And the guy just, like, biked us away <laughs> a few blocks. Oh, my God. And then, like, checked on us. And we actually ended up hanging out with that guy a little bit after that. So. Wow. He was our hero. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That wasn't the story I wanted to tell, but here we go. Uh, <laughs> that was, well, all of my pale in comparison I know, to that's, that. That's why, oh man. God. I didn't want to say it. Okay. That was the only one I could think of that was crazy, apparently. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, yeah, that's oh. big city life for you, though. I'm sure people that listen that live in a city are like, ha yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> that's a Tuesday. <laughs> right. I mean, it could have been much worse, but luckily it was, um, you know, now pretty funny of a situation. Yeah. So Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so okay. what about you well, what's we your should, crazy we story? should stop here because i don't i have um <laughs> i should have started oh you should Fuck. <laughs> okay well this is the story i had in mind um feel free to skip this because it's absolutely nothing <laughs> uh so this is when i was a kid so this might have been like early high school maybe Maybe a little bit younger, actually. So every year for the 4th of July, because it's also my brother's birthday, he's so special. (laughs) It's a huge celebration for my family. So we would all go to my parents' house because we had the yard for it at the time. And it'd be like this huge, like, you know, we would play volleyball, badminton, blah, 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 have fun during the day and then start lighting up fireworks once it starts getting dark. And it's like an honor to like light the fireworks and everything. I never did it because I always was freaked out by fireworks. Like mm-hmm. they're pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, they could explode on you. Exactly. And I got burned as a child. And ever since then, heat freaks me out. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so one year, my dad finally gave me the little lighter thingy. Or the little sticks that you light mm-hmm. and use the whatever that is called. Yeah. Uh, he gave me that and he was like, all right, you're going to light off the first firework this year. What an honor. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Jan, <laughs> here we go. We'll lay you down. And it was pretty dark by this point. And like, so it's our house and then obviously the yard in front of it. And everybody is like in the garage. So everybody's like in chairs, kind of like inside the garage and a little bit outside of the garage, all talking, having a good time, not really paying attention. And so he just like, let me go. And I went with this box of fireworks. And it's one of the ones that's like, I don't know, like 24 shots where it goes, you know, yeah, cool. not like the huge ones, but like little ones. Kind of little ones. Those are really annoying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's correct. (laughs) So I took the box and I set it down and I was like, I think I know what I'm doing. This is fine. How do I like this? Um, So it took me like a few minutes just to figure out like where the little thing was. Yep. Is it called a wit? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, The thing where you light it. And I mean, obviously I shouldn't have been doing it. I don't even know the words for the the thing. (laughs) And... 
I lit it and I like ran away like, oh my God, oh my God, here it goes, here it goes. Everybody's like, oh my God, oh my God, it's Keisha's first firework. And then it goes quiet. And then you hear the first, but everyone's like, wait, where where did that go? We didn't see it because we're all looking up. Uh-huh. And then we hear another, and we just hear someone go, ah, and we turn and then we start hearing more. I lit it upside down. Oh no. So it was shooting from the bottom trailing across the ground Oof. and then eventually it was shooting into the garage Oof. all across the yard oh shit it was like attacking people people were like flying off their chairs oh my god because like it would like shoot under the chair and like they would scramble out of the way and like it got into the garage and like luckily nobody got hurt That's or wild anything, but yeah so my first firework i lit upside down <laughs> well it's a good thing nothing caught on fire honestly that's yeah, how no. fires start i know in the summer yeah i think we like had watered the lawn that day or that's something good. it was like all across the lawn oh, it went God. Like, all across the street nobody was driving luckily yeah <laughs> everybody was just like keisha well you're never doing that again it's not your fault your parents should have made sure it was right side up i mean i guess but also <laughs> that's why i never light fireworks well see that's still a good story <laughs> yeah. it's not as insane in the membrane nope. as what i just said <laughs> but really. um it's still a good story it's yeah. still pretty wild yeah so there you go our two versions of, a really <laughs> of <crazy> our lives <laughs> that's the two versions of our lives <laughs> <laughs> Take from that what you will. Oh, that's ridiculous. So, <laughs> launching off that point, <laughs> we're here to talk about D&D. Yep. <laughs> and how crazy that can get. Yeah. <laughs> so, this episode, we are continuing our homebrew series. Uh, this is part four. four? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I highly suggest you listen to the other parts because we're not really doing much of a recap. We're just picking up where we left off. Uh, again, this is our Rift campaign that is homebrewed by me, and Kayla's one of the players. And we're just about to lead up to the end of the campaign, so we thought it'd be fun to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So this episode is going to be leading up to where the campaign is right now, uh, what started at the end of it, and some of the special quests that we all went on, or, well, that you guys went on, really. <laughs> to try and prepare for it. And then a few things that I'm going to mention that my players did that completely changed the game in a way I did not anticipate. And just kind of a general sort of wrap up. Uh, We might do one more episode uh, once we actually do the absolute end of the campaign and actually wrap it up. But for now, this is basically, basically leading up to the very end of it. Yeah. Yeah, so the last time we were discussing this campaign, we kind of just went over like some of the notable events that got us to where we are now. And we talked a little bit more about one or two of the NPCs and stuff. But where we're at right now, which is literally, as we record, going to be our tomorrow, we're going to start Keisha's big battle, Mm -hmm. which is what we've been building up to for like the last few months. But in game, it was like two weeks of preparation. Um, And we've known it was going to come to this. We just didn't really know how. Um, And Keisha has basically crafted, like, an entirely new combat system for us. So we were kind of learning all that last time we were together, where it was uh, cards that she was making of kind of, like, our 
NPCs that were on our side, and then also, like, she has secret NPCs on her side, and they kind of all balance each other out. Um, it's been really interesting, yeah. So I think she wanted to talk about that a little bit, but we are all basically in-game, ready to have this huge battle to maybe destroy the Rift. Right. Uh, before we really talk about that, though, we could lead up to what led up to that. Yeah. <laughs> so last time we had talked about, so all the characters had chosen to go from south to north, and they had crossed the rift. We talked about what happened in there, and then they eventually made it out, and we talked about some of the events after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously skipping over a number of other shenanigans that they did, because <laughs> that's how D&D campaigns go, but that would take many episodes. So... Uh, what basically got to the point where I was telling my players, like, all right, the end is near, like, y'all need to really get more serious about it. They had a mansion placed in the main city of Rethladon, and that was their, like, home base for the longest time. They, like, really built it up. They had, like, a bunch of people that they saved throughout the game that were working there, for a very livable wage. Yes. It was like a whole debate. I remember that. They, they were paid. <laughs> they were paid. They were not forced to work without no. money. I made sure of that. <laughs> despite all of my party just assuming that people would work for us for free. Yep. Just out of gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And it was just like the hub of all kinds of NBCs meeting the PCs and you know starting up other quests or side quests or just little jobs and whatever. Um, so that was their little home for the longest time. So what triggered the final event was their home was taken over by the rift itself. Uh, somehow that rift had found a way to completely like bypass all these miles and miles and miles. It's like far, far away from where they're based and somehow it is infecting their very home. Well, we did talk about that in the last episode, but that was because an NPC, the Whisperer Oliver, the annoying little child Whisperer that yeah. we got all information from, yes, he opened a portal to the rift in our backyard and was basically trying to like take over our mission and everything and was like, no, fuck you guys. I want to do this now. We won't talk about the story really, but essentially my character Ravelin polymorphed him into a kitten. <laughs> To break his concentration on the rift portal. Uh, But we were never able to get rid of the portal. It was just there and it kept growing. It was just a lot slower than what Oliver was trying to do with it. Actually, to kind of go back on that, technically Oliver didn't create it himself. It was one of you guys that accidentally ripped it open. Was it Buff? It was was Buff. Yep. Yeah, he ripped it open. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, Buff. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Or he like kept it open. But... Anyway, yeah. So yeah. Oliver tried to use that to his advantage. And da, da, That's da, da, right. And then you guys didn't know how to really close it. And you guys were like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Maybe we'll just, we have other things we have to do anyways. Because at the time you guys had like 10 other quests that have been waiting for so long. You were like, we got to go do this. Like, it's been so long that had this happened. Hopefully nobody is like <laughs> dead from all of this. It's been so long. So you went and did that. And every now and then you would come back to the mansion to like recoup and recover or whatever and i'd be like oh and your yard looks a little darker mm-hmm. oh and you notice people are starting to look a little sicker and you guys are like we'll take a note of that anyways 
let's go back to those other quests. And I was like, all right, yeah, dude. That was so hard. because This it's is like, on you. <laughs> I knew it was happening. And it's just like, we literally don't have time. Because it's going to be a whole thing. Like, there's no way it's an easy fix, you know? <laughs> right. It's going to be a whole fucking quest to close the rift portal. And yeah, at first we weren't really that worried about it. Because we thought, I guess we assumed that we were going to be finishing, like, the main story in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it just fucking accelerated. Um, people moved out of the house. Somebody put a big, like, force field around it. Oh, yeah. That's one of the NPCs mm-hmm. that you guys brought along. His name is Al Aloquitius. Mm. Uh, a beloved NPC that had his own little story that they basically kind of rescued him from and then chose to take him under the wing. And he's, like, kind of their, like, master butler that took care of, that took care of the house while they were gone and whenever they were like, oh, hey, we saved more people. Here you go, Al. And he'd be like, oh, don't worry. I'll take care of it for you. <laughs> so, yeah, he had to t- push everyone out of the mansion because that little rift tear eventually exploded and took over the entire mansion and then some. Mm-hmm. And it was like spreading out into nearby houses and homes. And it was just spreading block by block and infecting people. Yeah. So eventually they created this dome of protection so that it would stop spreading, but it's just, it's still Contained, there. Contained, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that was, uh, in a way, kind of on your you guys's because <laughs> you guys never, like, fixed it or, like, tried to do anything about it. You're just like, oh, it's there. Okay, moving on. Oh, it's there. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm noting this. <laughs> this is uh, going to bite you in the butt. And it sure did. So it they basically lost their home base, but I wasn't so cruel to say that you lost everything because that's where you guys kept like your treasures mm-hmm. and any trophies or whatever that you had from winning quests and stuff. So you were able to go back inside and retrieve all your stuff. Yeah. And then take it with you. But yeah, that was the beginning of, all right, the rift is able to spread like more than you were you initially thought. And it is out there. This may not be the only tear. Mm -hmm. Like, there's all kinds of chaos going on in all the cities and places around you. More and more people are getting affected. This is getting to a point where the rift has grown so big and so strong that if you don't try to fight it now, you may not ever have the chance to stand against it. Yeah, that's also kind of that point where we were like, okay, this is accelerating a lot faster than we expected Mm -hmm. and we have to kind of like put the gas to a lot of the objectives that we'd had Mm -hmm. planned um and we had to kind of start deciding not to do some things because we realized yeah it was getting pretty serious and we were running out of time but yeah the rift took over our mansion and subsequently took over al our butler as well he became part of this like rift conglomerate that became our mansion Mm -hmm. um and we had a very emotional goodbye to him, and I felt super fucking guilty <laughs> about that. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we kind of just had to, like, walk away from it all because it was, wasn't was going to go past the force field, but it was not going to get any better either. Right. So, and that was, like, it wasn't me trying to necessarily punish. It was just a reality of... S- actions or lack of actions can have consequences in this world yeah like they were doing a bunch of other quests and gathering other people joining you know uh as allies and they were they were progressing in a lot of ways 
but this was just one of them that nothing happened. So eventually it just had to bloom into something. Mm-hmm. And I used that as my triggering signal of like, all right, here it is. This is what it's like. What do you do now? You yep. know, and really push them towards the end, which is what we're leading up which to. That's where we're at now. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a pretty major like ending um, like milestone mm-hmm. that we had to get through. Yeah. And then also like, at this point, we were doing a lot of our personal quests, but Keisha had already established that we weren't all going to be able to do one of our quests. Um, because, like we've said in a few of these other episodes, there was, like, essentially a countdown. So we got to, I think it was, like, five, the last five quests. For every quest we did, the Rift essentially did a quest, like, mm-hmm. off screen to make it stronger. She only allowed us a certain number of these particular types of missions before we got to the final battle. So we ended up not being able to do all of our own personal quests at the time. Um, But one of the ones that we did was to go try and rescue the halflings from White Castle Uh, in the (laughs) south, (laughs) which is where the Empress Saloria lives, who's like that version's, that side's big bad. Right. And that was kind of a whole thing. We learned a lot of secrets about that side. Um, we, We learned how the halflings are made. Because they're not, they're not born, they're created, essentially. Um, and we also saw the other army that the Empress was creating using the souls of the halflings. Right, yeah. Um, which were Warforged, which is a, something that we've never seen in-game before. Um, so Warforged didn't actually exist in our canon before this. Right. But I think that the big thing with that event was that we kind of learned kind of got, like, an insight into some of the enemy's, like, power. But we also learned a lot about Aloria and, consequently, her relationship to Mistra, which was, like, a big revelation for us yeah. in the game. Yeah, it so. was basically the whole story of, like, you guys... Well, all right, so the Alendi races are technically alien races to this world that you're on, and the Kavaka are actually native to this world. And it was a whole story where Aloria and Mistra, being both goddesses of magic in their own right, were forced in a situation on their previous world, where the Elendia are from, they had their own rift happen on their world. And in a desperate attempt to try and save at least some of their people, they did a mass, well, Aloria did a mass sacrifice to create a portal that would take as many as they could from that world to a whole other world that she hoped was uninhabited. And she saved like a small portion of that population of that world because it was just being destroyed by that previous rift. And so that's how the Elendi appeared on this world. And that's why there were so many inconsistencies with like the histories and the knowledge and like the gods and goddesses between the Eleni and the Kavaka. It's because they're technically not the same. Yeah. They're totally different from each other and they're not supposed to coexist on this world. And it was forced and it kind of like shifted a balance in a way because initially the world you're on now where the Kavaka live, uh, they're not nearly as advanced as the Elendi were not nearly as populated. So, of course, the Elendi appeared on a continent that basically had no other, like, reigning life there. So they 
took over and then of course they spread and they wanted to expand and that's when sailing across these seas they eventually <laughs> encountered the kavaka mm-hmm. and started all of this and very familiar story yeah right huh sounds rather familiar <laughs> doesn't it to our own history um and that resulted in your own rift so there's still the mystery of what is causing these rifts how did it go from one world to another? Is it the same? Are they different? Like, there's still other questions yet to be solved. But that was basically the story of all of that that they found out during one of those missions, especially with Aloria. Yeah. And you rescuing Mistra as well, because mm-hmm. she was kind of part of that and felt ashamed for being a part of that and had basically become a hermit. And, like, disappeared from the world for decades before suddenly reappearing when she was pregnant with Ravelin, your character. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah, that was one of the main revealing quests that you guys did. Um, And you saved a lot of the halflings and freed a lot of them Mm -hmm. and got them on your side. Right. And that was one of the things, too. You guys had to decide, like... Is it worth doing our own personal quests or is it more worth trying to gather more allies right before the battle? Yeah, that was a really hard decision for us because the more allies we get, then the stronger we are and potentially the weaker that the Elendi are, right? theoretically, or just that we have a little bit more in our favor. But then on the flip side of that, the more personal quests we do, the stronger we get individually and the more information that we learn about like the Rift as a whole and like the Elendi and just everybody that we would encounter in those. So we ended up doing, like, I don't know, most of them. You did a good portion of them. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously you didn't get to do every single thing on the list, but you guys, as a group, decided what was important, mm-hmm. and you went for those. So you guys gathered quite a few allies. Most of you guys basically did the good majority of your personal quests. Yeah. So everybody did have a chance to level up in their own way. Mm-hmm. And their characters progress a little bit, and it gave them, like, more motivation. Like, with our Loxodon character, Red Bull, he's fighting to save his people from extinction, you know. He managed to do that pretty successfully. And um, we have... (laughs) You guys had done something that I did not anticipate. That's one of the things where you basically have an army of undead now. (laughs) That's great. And a new best friend. That should not have also happened. Yeah, Victor the Void. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good segue, though. So let's talk a little bit about um, some of the major changes that happened that you have known have changed the story, but we haven't been aware. Sure. So you knew, uh, we had talked about this more in depth about Victor the Void, this character that they somehow got on their side. It's <laughs> on a previous episode more in depth, but he should. he was just supposed to be like the end of everything and part of one of these personal quests and somehow they rolled so well that now they're best friends with him and he's gonna be part of the battle (laughs) i had to figure that out last minute that was great so you guys knew about that though but some of the things that had changed prior to this so one from earlier on there was a a bit of a side mission that i had thrown at them uh, this is, I believe, about the time when you guys were drawing from the deck of many things. Oh, goody. And it eventually led to this random character I made up, like, 
on the spot, basically, and then continued with it for the next mission, but the poltergeist. Oh, yeah. So it's this crazy (laughs) magical guy that, like, he pulled all of the characters out of this world and into his own pocket dimension for a game show. (laughs) And he was just having some fun, like, oh, hey, I have an audience, but they don't see the audience. They just hear (laughs) the audience, so they don't know what it is, really. Yeah. And he's making them do all of these like really crazy and kind of terrible games where it results like one of them is they have to fight each other to the death and they manage to barely get out of that. And they have to like choose a door and one of them is a beautiful, wonderful prize and the other two is instant death. (laughs) Just all kinds of games. And uh, one of our players wasn't there that night. So... Everybody else got to play their games and we saved his for next time when he could actually be here to play it. So I was so sure of the choice he was going to make when I made him play like one of the games or he had an option of one game or another. Game. Yeah. And I was so sure I knew what way he was going to go. And I was going to have the prize. Uh, it was going to be basically a book where you could rewrite something in history. Yeah. Like it would just be one line. I remember that. It was. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And I was so sure he was going to do that. Yeah. So when he actually played, uh, so I had the poltergeist, like, pull his character aside, like, all right, this is all on you now. And like, blah, 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 <laughs> like, trying to put the pressure on him. And he was like, you have two choices. And it's either uh, one of them was you have to randomly choose one of these items before you and some of them will curse you and if it curses you it curses all of you guys you all have to live with this curse but you get this really powerful item and the other one was you just wasn't it that you have to kill one of your friends you have to like kill a friend yeah i think somebody that you care about yes so he right instantly chose I'm going to choose an object. I'm not killing one of my friends. And I was like, okay. So I laid out the objects and he did choose the book, I think it was. But what they chose to rewrite was the death of an NPC. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. And he brought that NPC back because one of the games that the poltergeist did, one of the people accidentally chose to kill an NPC without really knowing that. And it was one that all of you guys really liked. And well, you killed his his son. Well, that's not my fault. <laughs> it was a random table. Uh, it was a game of chance. It's a terrible game. <laughs> it was a terrible game. <laughs> but he chose to bring that character back. And I was so shocked because I was ready for him to rewrite so many other things, mm-hmm. like the fate of the halflings. They yeah. were never slaves. Right. Or maybe Aloria never showed up herself. Or it wasn't well, the a rift goddess. never happened. The rift didn't happen. Like, all kinds of stuff. I was so ready to, like, totally rewrite everything. Which I guess, in a way, this doesn't really change anything. But he brought back a character that was supposed to be dead. And technically, that character is actually a huge key to another element in the end battle because you saved him Mm -hmm. that is a thing now that shouldn't have happened yeah because i was like oh it's funny because this is a thing but they'll never know because that character's dead and i'll allude to it later and they'll be like oh my god like we killed the character (laughs) but he's alive so that thing is an option yeah 
and it shouldn't be. And you guys are using it as a uh, failsafe right. for your battle. Right. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it is our failsafe. So basically, if we feel like we can't fight the rift and like win, then we'll just blow everything up. Yeah. So they basically have a button that will just like end the world if they want to do that. And that's all because of bringing that character back, huh? Yes. Wow. It's the only reason that was even an option. That's why you shouldn't make NPCs too lovable, Keisha. I and do. then when you kill them, we want to bring them back. We've used like all of our wish spells on bringing NPCs back to life. <laughs> well, it's because I'm so good at like making NPCs you all hate so much. You know, there's so few that you actually love. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't expect that. I mean, the most recent campaign that we've, or the most recent game that we played last week, we're all preparing for the battle and like going over the general rules. And Keisha gave us a chance to take X amount of um, antidotes for the Rift Plague. That's affecting a lot of us. Um, Or we could give it to people that we, you know, think that need it. And we, you know, had a big discussion on, well, we should take it and here's why. And like, we all really need it because we're going to die. And and then we used almost all of them on bringing our beloved NPCs NPCs. back from the brink of death. So (laughs) So it's like, well, I guess they're they have to do something now because all of you are like, so we healed him. What does he do? Oh, so we healed her. So what does she do? Yeah. I'm just like, I, I guess they do this now. <laughs> Whatever. Make it harder for me to do anything for this battle. <laughs> I mean, I haven't forgotten, but there's still that NPC from the deck of many things that is now our mortal enemy. Yes, an unknown NPC. I hate that going so to much. Potentially try to betray you and you guys have no idea who it is. At least I have that card. At least I have that. Oh, great. Because <laughs> you need that. And I'm so ready for it. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was, I guess, that's, that's actually a good example of you guys changing the thing uh-huh. on me. So I had to rewrite some of my cards that I have written for your final battle because you added these random characters and they needed to do something for the battle. So I was like, I, okay, I guess they'll do this and <laughs> this guy will boost this unit and this... <laughs> a lot more logistics than you had already thought. I know, exactly. Um... So, another thing that this is specifically your character. Mm. So, we had talked about how you found out, at least we think we talked about it on the podcast, how Ravelin is revealed to be the heart of the Rift. We didn't talk about that. Oh. Spoiler alert. Well, not really. (laughs) Not really. That's part of the, like, end plot of the story. But yes, we find out that I, Ravelin, am like, actually the heart of the Rift, and so everybody could essentially kill me now, and the Rift would die. Yes. So, fun (laughs) fact about that. So, they found this out because they had drawn from the deck of many things, and they had the card where you ask a question and you get the answer. And they took a long time figuring out what that question was and how to phrase it. Well, and can I just really quick put something in here? So, we talked about the deck of many things and our like, game-breaking items episode. Yes, and items. And you reminded me about that card. So the next time that we met after recording that episode, <laughs> no. I reminded the players about it. No! And then that was when we got to use it. So this is my fault. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that was God a really good card. Fuck. And I was like, I don't think you guys remember. Ugh. But we basically have, like, a free answer from the DM. And so we argued about oh, it God. forever. 
Like, we spent half the session trying to decide what to ask. And Keisha made us, like, a genie. She made us ask it very specifically yes. what it was. Yes, you had and to phrase so it. so we said something along the lines of, we would like to know how to completely end the rift with the least amount of people dying. Yep. And I didn't actually have an answer for that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I had nothing. Oh, wow. So in that moment, I made up, oh, to kill it with the least amount of casualties, you have to stab the heart. <laughs> and you guys are like, well, we need the complete answer. What's the heart? And I was like, fucking oh, reveling wow. is, I guess. <laughs> wow, that was so dramatic. And I was like, and I'm gonna say that because they wouldn't stab Ravelin. And like two seconds after I said that, <laughs> everybody was like, so if we just stab Ravelin right now, like we're good. Yeah. I was like, fuck. Yep. And then I was like, <laughs> no. yeah, let's do it. You guys stab me, please. And I was just in the corner, just dying. Like, why did you know that? <laughs> 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 oh, panicking, panic. Oh, Wow. Man, that was so dramatic, though. You yeah. just made that up. I 100% Holy shit. Made You should that. tell the rest of the party that. That's pretty ridiculous. Because <laughs> you were like, oh my God. you have to stab the heart. The heart's a living person. It's a person that you know. And we were like, oh, my God, who is it? Who is it? And she was like, do you want to guess? And she like looked at me, and I was like, oh, my God, is it me? <laughs> and she was like, it's Ravelin. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, it was like super dramatic. And everyone was like, oh, my God. Let's kill her. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's stab her. <laughs> we stab her. And, okay, some people might die. So the only reason that they didn't is because everybody is pretty sure that everybody's infected. Yeah. So literally the entire party would plus die. NPCs would die. And they were like, well, we should find a way to cure ourselves first. And then we stab Ravelin. And I was like, oh, I never kicked myself so hard. <laughs> for that moment i thought it was so clever because i again had nothing you weren't prepared for i was that question. not prepared for specifically because i thought you guys were gonna say more like how can we get rid of the rift mm -hmm. and i have answers for that and you were like no how do we end kill murder destroy <laughs> the rift <laughs> with the least amount of casualties permanently yeah with the least amount of casualties and i was like okay this yeah so wow that was, a, that was yeah wow that's a revelation for me right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was the biggest one um and it, there were like a few other things but they weren't nearly as big as like especially that particular yeah, that's, moment uh, that's insane <laughs> um something i wrote down earlier that actually is really close related to this so in the very, very beginning when we were all choosing characters, we were all, you know, talking to you and amongst ourselves about, like, what kind of race and class to be. Yeah. And I told you that I was choosing between an Asimar and a half-elf. <clears throat> and I think that even that decision alone, like, greatly influenced kind of the start of the story. Yes. Because I, I was actually leaning towards being a half-elf. Um, and I had this whole, like, backstory that I presented to you. I presented both of them to you, and you were like, mm, I think you should be an Asmar. Mm -hmm. I think that makes more sense, yep. even though they didn't exist in this world. Um, and so, yeah, then we had to kind of figure out why there was only, like, one mm -hmm. of me in this world. And uh, we never really encountered very many half-elves after that. That's actually true. I mean, we, in the beginning, had a half-elf player character, yeah. but he eventually had to leave for reasons and... Uh, drop out of the campaign but that is true you guys did not encounter very many half elves but then again you never um 
really explored much in the South. That's true. And that's where they primarily resided. Mm-hmm. And there was a note that anyone, well, full-blooded elves were terrified or incapable of crossing the rift. Oh. And nobody really, I mean, obviously nobody knew why. They just knew that if you went across it, you would be safe from their influence. Interesting. So um, half-elves, you know, sharing that blood also found it not difficult, as difficult, but it was still, yeah, uncomfortable. Still challenging. So that's why there were basically cool. none in the north. But fun fact. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of some of the major changes that either you didn't expect or we didn't expect. Yeah. <laughs> um, that influenced our story ultimately to this kind of end point of this major battle. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about how you've prepared this battle for us? A uh, lots more? of stress. <laughs> <laughs> you've been working on it for a really long time. I know. I requested that I was given at least two weeks of a break from DMing uh, this campaign and have someone DM in my place, like a side quest, because I had to figure out how I wanted to do this battle. I had a general idea that I wanted it to be a big battle. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys were going to control, like, s- units of soldiers, basically, and across the map of most of this uh, whole continent, you know? And I was like, how do I do that? Because I only have experience with D&D 5e and homebrew campaigns where we never really had, like, a massive, huge battle. Yeah. Or at least that I was a part of. Yeah. And I've had no knowledge in that area. So, and I kind of looked up some stuff, but most part, I am just winging it. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see how it goes. So I basically tried to make a combat system where every single player character is going to be in control of their own number of units. And they all get to choose which ones they want because certain units have certain special abilities. Mm -hmm. And those are affected by a uh, morale meter. So if the morale is high with that unit, they can get the higher tiered special abilities. But if it drops because of certain effects and events on... uh, when we actually start playing, because there are going to be some things like, oh, if their leader dies, morale drops. Yeah. Or, oh, they see the might and power of the rift, morale drops. You know, that kind of stuff. So that's going to be a whole little thing you guys have to take care of, as well as, like, moving them across the map, attacking, defending, uh, trying to cure or spread the cure of the rift. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to juggle that. You have to make sure, because there are cities that you have to try to protect because if they're taken over by an enemy unit, it's either destroyed or they control that city. It's kind of just like a massive game of risk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm basically just trying to make a basic system. Uh, you're going to be rolling... D100s as opposed to D20s because there's just so much, you know? Um, And I mean, that health is going to be a bit low, so it's a bit more streamlined in that way Mm -hmm. where maybe like two hits will take out a unit, basically. And you all have your units and then I have mine. You guys know your abilities. You don't know mine at all. But I'm balancing that in certain ways so it doesn't... Because I know technically everything... About, like, all the special abilities yeah, and stuff. Yeah, because you made it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I kind of have an edge, 
but they have access to way more abilities. Mine are very, very, very limited, which also will make it easier because I have a whole army to take care of alone. Yeah. You guys get to spread it between five people. Right. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Um, hopefully, uh, pretty soon, we'll actually start the battle itself and test out the abilities and hopefully they're balanced. I tried my best at doing that, trying to make it like, oh, if you want to activate this super special thing of like healing, you have to drop your AC because you're casting the spell Mm -hmm. or something like that, you know? So yeah, we'll see how that goes. It's going to be a whole thing. (laughs) And we're playing basically across the whole map. So it's like very uh, like zoomed out, Mm -hmm. uh, like large scale battle. Um, And so we are controlling units, like she said, and then we also are playing as ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we get a chance to take on one-on-one the like captains of the enemy units, right? as well as still having that third factor of entering the rift and trying to find like the center and shut the rift down. Right. And obviously, in order to do that, you have to kill like a percentage of the enemies because they're protecting it. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be like a whole thing where... It's probably going to start you guys figuring out your powers, your abilities and stuff, staging where you want to be, and I'm going to be doing my thing, and then eventually the units will clash and begin to battle, units are going to die, and you guys have to get to a certain point so you can actually get to the Rift Mother and battle her herself. (laughs) Scary. It's going to be a whole thing. It's going to be like a very drawn out battle, which I expected from the get-go. Yeah. But I'm hoping it'll be fun and different. You know, that was my main thing is I want it to be memorable and I want it to just be a whole experience that hopefully everybody gets into. As like you said, so you will have your units and my units fighting each other, but your characters have the option to one-on-one do a traditional battle with one of the leaders of my enemies, enemy units yeah and And we're also responsible for like building morale amongst the units as well yeah so you have to choose like what to do on your own actions Mm -hmm. as a in addition to the units you're controlling as well yeah so and then obviously you guys have to work together because some of the units are purely support for Mm -hmm. others that are like some are heavy hitters some of them are more defenders some of them are like long range yeah so, yeah, it's going to be a whole thing. It's going to be really <laughs> cool, I think. It's very flushed out. Um, it's very, like, big picture. Yes. Um, yeah, I think we're all looking forward to it, too, because it is, like you said, it is totally different than mm-hmm. what we've done before. And one of our other homebrew games, we have played, like, massive battles, but it was pretty, like, I don't want to say dumbed down, but it was, like, a large-scale battle kind of filtered through, like, one or two nights of... 1v1 D&D combat style. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely interesting because it's your your methods are completely different than anything we've done before. Yeah, that's what I was going for. That's feels, why I needed. It feels much more like a video game in that sense too. Right? You know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I have been watching Shane play Halo Wars a lot. <laughs> so I was like, okay, taking notes. <laughs> yeah, smart. <laughs> so yeah. And I think that basically brings us up to speed or you guys rather up to speed on where we are at ultimately with this campaign so i have finally finished um all of the cards that describe all the units and their particular abilities 
including like all of their health and their AC, attack defense meters, all that stuff. Um, so that's finally ready to go and just kind of take it from there, enter the final battle and see yeah. how you guys and do. we kind of reviewed all that. We got like last minute buffs from some of our NPCs. Right. And Keisha also got last minute like deductions that we didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly to en- from enemy NPCs. All that's going to come together over the next couple sessions, getting us through the new year and off of this campaign. Yeah. What are like, um, what are like your general feelings about this story? We've been playing for like two years now in general. (laughs) It's kind of back and forth. Like for the most part, I'm really happy that we played this long and Mm -hmm. it seems like uh, everybody enjoyed it in general. For the most part, at least uh, up to this point. So that makes me really happy. Um, obviously, looking back, I'm just like, oh, I should have done this. Oh, I forgot I missed that. And did yeah. it, did it, you know, obviously. But for the most part, I'm pretty happy where it is. And I feel like it got here more organically than not. Definitely. So, and it just feels like this is about the time where I think it's ready to meet the end, you know, because this could... This could go on for longer, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. I just feel like you just maybe it's just a DM thing or it's just a me thing, but it just it feels like it's the right time to finalize it. Like you guys have done quite a bit. There could be more. There's things you missed, but you know what? We'll just not even go there. We'll just wrap it up with what you have and see how you do. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about it. Nervous about the battle, but also really <laughs> excited to try it out. <laughs> How are you feeling? I feel a lot of the same. Um, I am actually eagerly looking forward to the ending. Not because that I want it to be done, but because I'm really excited about it. I think you've done a lot of really cool stuff to get us to this point. And the story has been really interesting. It's been really engaging. I've actually really liked knowing for a long time that there was going to be an end. Yeah. Whereas like the last homebrew campaign we played... We just kept wanting to continue the story because it was multiple people's story. So we right. just kept adding to it. I think we would have just continued that until we all were just max level. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we did finally kind of end it, but it was still open-ended. As in, like, we could have picked it back up and kept playing. Um, and not that that's not going to happen to this, but it'll be much more of, like, a finale, kind of. But I've actually, like I said, really enjoyed having something to look forward to as far as like, okay, this can be the big boss, you know, like we've been preparing for this our entire lives. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Theoretically. Right. Um, And yeah, it's just been like really an emotional journey. Mm -hmm. And you've made it so that each of us has been personally invested in it. Um, We've had to come together as a group to find a common ground. And we really did like, you know, it started off pretty, inconsistent with our opinions of the rift and then we really solidified around we want to destroy the rift at all costs yeah no matter what Um, (laughs) literally no matter what yeah and so i think even just like that kind of like unification has been really cool um my only regret is that we're such high level that we're not going to finish it at 20 but that's fine with me well that's up to you because i've made it so that for every leader of my units you defeat you gain a level Wow. So there are enough where you could hit 20. Wow, we could finish this at 20. You That'd can. be really satisfying. Yes. That'd be so, so cool. <laughs> I made sure to add that in there. And all of those boss, those leaders are freaking high level. Yeah, they fucking must be. So. Yeah. But it is a chance for you guys to finish it at top tier 
ultimate level and then going in against the actual ultimate final boss. Sick. And just for clarification, we haven't really been using XP. We started out with XP, but then we just kind of scrapped it. Yeah. And we just kind of went with like a level-based system. Yeah, like, oh, you guys, like, did you completed a whole arc of something or you did something pretty grand at this yeah. point. Like, go ahead and gain a level for Right, that. or I was like, man, we haven't leveled up in like a while. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh yeah, gain a level and maybe you'll gain another in like a week. Yeah, so um, <laughs> we kind of just got looser with it and Keisha just gave us levels as we saw fit, but I don't think anybody complained about that. Yeah, it's yeah, to work out. It's bittersweet. Um, you know, like I said, I'm looking forward to the fact that there's like such a triumphant and like dramatic ending. And it is really unique and different than anything we've played before, but also yeah. like what are we gonna do after this? Yeah. It's like hard to think of anything new. But that's how we felt when we started this one. Yeah, exactly. So I'm so. I'm looking forward to it all in all, and it's been really fun. Good. Yeah. That's what really matters. So yeah, thanks for listening to all that, guys. Uh, hope that got you interested and curious about how it ends as well. Mm-hmm. We'll probably maybe do like a wrap up once it's all over. If we once we get to that point and everything, and then let you guys know how it went. But yeah, until then, we're just going to be having one major ass battle for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for like a while. <laughs> But all right, yeah, that is another episode on our Rift campaign. Uh, let us know what you thought about it. Here is where you can reach us. Instagram is our most active, which is just potions and potpourri. You can shoot us an email at gmail.com. Um, and we're on Facebook too, if that's easier for you. And also, if you are listening and are interested, there is still a survey on Google Surveys, and you can find the link in our Instagram account. Um, to just get some general feedback on the show. Now's your chance to say what you love and what you hate and what you want more of. Yeah, we seriously would love to hear that because uh, we want to cater this. Like, Obviously, we want to do this because we find it fun, but we also want to make it so that you enjoy what you hear as well. So please give us the feedback. We'll eat it up. And sh- definitely. <laughs> I was going to say ensure, <laughs> which is not a word. No. <laughs> I was going to say, I think, insane and sure. Yes. Anyways, this has been Potions and Potpourri. Thanks for listening. This is Kayla. And this is Keisha. Thanks. And we will catch you all later. Bye-bye.